he's very paced out right now where he's just like, I've got my routine going on like this. <laughs> oh, oh no. I got it, dude. Dude, did I get it? Did you see that? Did I get it? That's the intro. Dude, I told <laughs> Where's this bad boy? Fuck you, fly. I would love if it was actually still in your hand. Dude, I, it probably is. I'm washing with hand soap. Who fuck knows what's up there? <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Check it out. Roll that back. What were we talking Jamie, about? Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> hey, welcome back to A Conversation With. Uh, my name is Philip DeFranco. We're treating this like uh, episode one, season two of A Conversation With. And today we're having a conversation with Gus Johnson. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're very welcome. Yes. This is a favor. Actually, this is you doing us a favor. This is uh, this is the epitome of uh, boys support boys. You, uh, you're coming in with 12 hour notice. Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah, 12, 24 hour notice. So appreciate you. Yeah. Um, to get things started, if someone is an idiot and worthless and they do not know who you are already, uh, how would you describe yourself? Uh, I do really short form sketch comedy stuff, quick cuts, and I run a competing podcast, the Gus and Eddie podcast. <laughs> we did an episode with Phil a little bit ago, and that's kind of what I'm up to right now. That was fun. I uh, I don't throw myself on other things because it feels like it's just, it's very vulnerable. It was like, it was almost a reminder for me, oh, this is probably what people feel like when they come on mine. Like oh, they don't yeah. know what's what's coming out. But you you guys just have like that natural back and forth banter. You make everything feel super comfortable. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, it does it does help too, like where we are actually friends, like behind the scenes sure. too. And you know, you hear stuff sometimes how maybe people aren't getting along as well, and it's like, oh shit, I'm working with this guy, and that's my public image. But like Eddie and I live ten feet from each other. We play video games every night, and we're just chilling. How long? Wait, how long have you guys been friends? I think I asked him this, but I can't yeah. remember. Uh, we were friends. I don't know, like three years or something. I think. Yeah. Uh, we both went to school uh, just in really small rural colleges, mm -hmm. uh, and he went to school a couple hours south of me in by Chicago, out our suburbs and stuff. So we met online, like we saw each other's stuff on Reddit and then we started messaging each other. And then that whole uh, United Airlines thing, remember when they dragged that doctor off? Yeah. And, like, beat the wow, shit was, out of him and stuff? Yeah, that was horrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, both uh, both Eddie and I, the same day, were uh, starting to make a meme about it. And we messaged each other <laughs> like, <laughs> I love, hey, you know that thing that was fucking horrible? Yeah. So we were memeing it. <laughs> yeah, no, we're yeah. Like, Dude, we got to hop in on this. Um, and uh, we just jumped in on it. <laughs> fucking fly. <laughs> Is that the fly from your hair, Amanda? <laughs> <laughs> Is that outside? You brought it in how dare you we'll just cgi it out no yeah, it'll be fine it'll be fine we'll do uh, it. no dude we just started uh we're like oh shit you're making a united airlines meme and i was like oh god damn yeah so then we just green screen footage and then cross memeified to make one united meme yeah and uh then we were buddies ever since then how long have you been roommates uh we've been roommates for a year and a half out here i'm always fascinated like especially when i, I get people on now that either live with people that they work with their friends and stuff mm -hmm. like that and seeing what that's what's what's the worst thing about living with Eddie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is, this is just going to be a shit on Eddie <laughs> podcast. That's what it is. Yeah, that's fair. I think the really, the only thing that we've uh, had a disagreement over is uh, Eddie likes a little cooler in the house. I like it a little warmer. Mm. So for that reason, we're Oh, disbanded. so this is hell for you. No, this is not bad at all. The thing is like just where I end up working is right in the line of the uh, AC vent. So it's sure. the direct air. That's a problem. Also, Eddie's attitude. <laughs> just his attitude and him as a person his opinions i'm not a big fan of other than that though we gel like hell <laughs> that's great though yeah, yeah no that's it's like, pretty chill i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be really sad when, when in three years i have to report about like just your messy 
friendship breakup. Yeah, I know. It's like, like you're going to sue it. each other. I can't imagine a more nightmarish uh, <laughs> reality check than being a news story in a negative way. <laughs> That'd be so fucking awful. Like on your show, because I've watched it for years. Well, you'll be the uh, you'll be the Wednesday thumbnail of the PDS. I know. Uh, just... And and yeah, we should. I, I should. I gotta like get something in there. It's like you won't believe what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Gus Johnson. Ooh, turned a corner. Wasn't a good one. No, I'm on the brink though. Any day, I'm going down. <laughs> Just a matter of time. Just anything. I One person care. has to talk. Oh, but now the fly's on me. This is... Oh, wait. Damn, is, are PETA, you... is PETA going to come after me? That The fly's counting, PETA? <laughs> I don't know. PETA's just looking for any excuse to take a swing. They, <laughs> yeah, uh, dude. Like, I don't, know, I don't know what they do other than... Really, they, they say something, and then they just get shit on for about 72 hours. And yeah. I think that works for them as a business model. I think it does. I wish... The thing is, it's like you already got pretty much everyone on your side. You know, like, who <laughs> who wouldn't be a fan of animal rights? Like, you're already in the victory lane here. It's not hard to not mess this up, you know? I think, yeah, like you said, it's just inflammatory stuff all the time to just try to get extra press and stuff. Yeah. But also then they have a super high kill rate every year for their animals and shelters, but no one's talking about that. I mean, they talk about it yeah but not like they like say it and they're like anyway let's continue yeah. making memes <laughs> you know we're just we're good though we love the animals but there's got to be a better company that can do that better i don't know i like <laughs> the animals Peter too Peta too. too yeah let's, too. let's do it let's scrap it redo i was like it. i'm re registering that domain right now um out of all this stuff you do because you do a ton right so you you did you just finish the tour or just about a month or two a ago, month ago yeah. so you you toured um would you say that's more stand-up or what, what is the format of something like that oh you? dude it's definitely straight up stand-up just straight stand-up yeah okay. no was, sketch or anything like that no okay. sketch stuff and i wanted to make it in a way because this is my first time ever touring and essentially ever doing uh like stand-up-y stuff i did just tiny little open mic things in college intermittently but i mean it was just like you get a 15 minute slot once a month you sing right. a couple songs one-off joke kind of thing uh, so I didn't really have any stand-up experience before this. I was really happy with how the tour went, but I wanted to build the hour. The show's about an hour 15. I do like a 30 minute Q and a, and then the meet and greet stuff afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to build the hour into like something that if you're just a random like townie that walked in and you didn't know who I was, you could understand the whole show. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like this is, I shouldn't be a critical asshole, but like, it's disappointing to me when I see like a Netflix special come out or something like that. And maybe it's from like an actor or, or a, a, somebody that's not traditionally a comedian that's, right. that's doing an hour. And, uh, the, the majority of the specials like, all right, guys, you remember me from seeing this. Here's some crazy <laughs> stories from the set. It's like, I don't want to know that, you know, it's just like, this, this is just a victory lap for something yeah. you did years ago. So, so I did this thing. Applause, yeah. applause, applause. <laughs> oh, thank you. I didn't expect that to do. Yeah. All right. So you have that. Um, I mean, you have the the kind of short, sketchy uh, kind of parody videos. Yeah. I really like your rant videos when when you whenever you do those. Thanks. Uh, I don't research them, though. <laughs> oh, you don't? Dude, I never. I've had a couple times where I come out of the gate swinging hard. <laughs> but the thing is, I make it very clear. I have not showered for a single one of those rant videos, by the way. I think I have like 15 of them out yeah. now. Um, so I just go and it's pretty much just something like bugs me and maybe I'll do like five Google searches and then boom, there it is. So that, okay. that erodes my credibility to some extent, but also I'm pretty think, apparent. With I was like, it. I think I said the same thing to Eddie cause I think he said something similar. I, or maybe it was, uh, fuck, I forget. Um, but it was, it's one of those things of like comedy is your lead, right? Yeah. It's not like, unless, unless you're saying something super egregious where you could get sued. Um, as long as it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not completely like tearing someone down because then you would have a legal problem. Yeah, that's true. And so I, I try not to take the big, big shots like that where like I'm not out to like ruin anybody's life or anything. But if somebody's doing some bad shit, like I'll complain about it, you know, like I'll take I'll 
you know, complain about Chris Brown and like Wendy Williams and stuff like that. But if it's <laughs> if it's like a lighter thing, like, hey, what the hell is with all these like, you remember that Bohemian Rhapsody trend like a year ago when the movie came out and it was like listening to Bohemian Rhapsody for the first time, never heard it before. Dude, thousands of videos. I've never heard of that trend. Dude, it was enormous. That, again, that was an example. I filmed it at like three in the morning or whatever. That seems blasphemous. I know. And it, it, the thing is, it was so apparent that people were lying because like oh, okay. a couple people <laughs> can get away with it, you know, uh, and I understand, you know, you can't. Not everybody can hear of everything, but it really was thousands and thousands of YouTubers that were just like, yeah, so I guess there's this song out called Bohemian Ra by this band Queen. I don't know. And then it's just them listening to the whole song on headphones, you know, every 40 seconds. Just, oh, damn. I mean, I get here's the thing that I try to get yeah. through, because as, as crazy as that sounds, if the person was like 18, I'm like, all right. Yeah, they, they might not have like I don't ex I don't know if I expect everyone to have ever heard Hotel California. Yeah. Like I don't I don't like go to 22 year olds and I'm like, you're a big Eagles fan, right? Yeah. You love that shit. Your dad played it for you when you were 20 years ago. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but out of all those things, do you have a, a preference? Do you, is there anything that gives you the the biggest kind of return on happiness? The biggest, oh man, the thing is the least consistent, but the most just like balls to the wall fun ever was doing the stand-up stuff. Okay. Like I, I feel so comfortable and I have so much fun on stage and like, especially when you can do a little bit of crowd work at the end, if it's kind of Q and A stuff, which turns into like an additional like half hour sometimes. That is so fun. And I, I love performing more than anything. And even with the sketch stuff, like my output's pretty high. I try to upload once to one or two times a week. Um, but that's really few and far between. And there's cameras rolling and stuff. Right. But when you're on the stage like that and you're just like shooting the shit and and just like riffing really quick, it's so fun and exciting and scary and stuff. So. Is it just the the live kind of tightrope nature of it? Because I imagine at this point in your career mm -hmm. um, that it probably pretty safe it feels pretty safe around that audience right i know that you said like you can try and build something where a townie can come in mm -hmm. but i know that when i went into live events i'll feel more comfortable in front of a thousand to two thousand of my guys than uh like a like a hundred people at an open mic mm -hmm. that is just the idea is horrific to oh, me. absolutely and i'm under no disillusions too like for this tour especially it really was it it was a home field advantage you know like for the most part i would say over half the people at every show it was probably their first stand up show. It would still be a good to. split, though. Yeah, really but, good split, yeah. But, you know, of course, you know, no one's going to boo me on my. Like, <laughs> I, it didn't happen. And yeah. I, I was very thankful and stuff. But it's like most people are coming to the club because they know that it's my show. You know, it's not yeah. me walking in doing a 12 a.m. set at the comedy store, you know, to a bunch of drunken goofballs. <laughs> like, it, there, the cards were stacked in my there favor. Is, yeah, yeah. A, yeah. I remember when I was in, I think it was Ireland, and I, di I didn't realize. <laughs> At this point in my career, I think I was not aware of the history yeah. of of, of <laughs> the Irish and the British. And uh, I, I talked, I mentioned just briefly on stage how I liked a British accent. And I've never experienced just 2,000 people that are just so there for you to immediately turn. <laughs> it, it was like the real life, like it was real life Twitter. of yeah. like, you said some shit and now you have to deal with it. Uh, but you're just in front of them. But then the safety of just, you know, that they're on your side. And so then you can immediately swing it mm -hmm. like that's that's comforting. Do you think that for, let's say your next tour, I know that 
can we say that you're not the most pumped to go out on tour? Probably just because like how exhausting it's, and draining it can oh, be. Oh, absolutely. And it is solely the travel. Like okay. I, I said at the live shows too. No, it's the people. They're it's just, the people. They yeah. suck the soul out of <sighs> Gus Johnson. Each individual person <laughs> knocks me down one peg. Yeah, oh, it's a thing. It's no, a <laughs> it's it really, dude. It's the travel. Yeah. And I was I was even saying like uh, on stage at the end of each show because you don't want to start the show complaining about stuff. <laughs> but after the whole show's done, I'd be like, all right, now that we're friends, we got that out of the way. What the hell happened? The logistics for this tour were the worst thing ever. Like, dude, we had times where, like, we went to Texas and they took our rental car, uh, uh, whatever, the reservation, the yeah. old Seinfeld bit. They took the reservation away from us. So we had to do a U-Haul freight trailer to drive to a few of the shows. We had Delta Airlines spill gasoline on, like, two grand worth of shirts and stuff. I had United Airlines break my piano twice. Like, it just... Everything went wrong. We had times where we had to chase down UPS trucks in Missouri with our merch shirts on them because they missed it and we're like yeah. late for a show. Every day was hell. But like you get to these shows itself and it was little oases of fun, you know? There are moments like when you talk about all that, that I end up feeling bad for for kind of like Joe Blow regular person because something horrible can happen to you or like stress inducing because you're saying it now. You're not in the moment. You've gotten past it. It's mm -hmm. not as just... <laughs> Just probably you want to just tear your own head off uh, now. But for Joe Blow, if something happens in their day, they have very few outlets. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's part, part of the reason why we see so many people raging on Twitter. But like you, you turned it into something here. Maybe, maybe I've mentioned it on other uh, the Gussie Not Eddie podcast, maybe mm -hmm. turn it into a bit. But I like there are moments where I'm thankful that I have that outlet because I uh, yeah, there's just a lot of horrible uh, mm -hmm. that goes through my head that I'm just like, oh, I'm so thankful that I have this. Do you, yeah. do you feel that or do you recognize that for yourself? I absolutely recognize that. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a really good thing personally. But then I, I want to make sure that I don't get too, I guess, privileged in the sense or self-righteous where it's like something's going wrong. I can't have this. Everything goes right. <laughs> oh, you, you know? don't want to be like, yeah, you don't have to white knight every yeah, issue. Yeah, exactly. But, no, but I just mean like the offloading, the offloading nature of, I mean, granted, I don't really have like a vlog anymore and I don't. I don't lash out in other ways yeah. a, a, anymore for the most part, but it feels like uh, th through your comedy, do you feel like you do that? Oh yeah. Honestly, I think most of the, even just the comedy sketches and stuff or the bits that we riff off of on the podcast are derived from stuff that just annoys the hell out of me. You know, like that's, if I'm doing a relatable humor thing as a sketch, it's usually shit that annoys me. So I can either spin a stupid experience into something positive and creative and ultimately, you know, profitable and fun for me. Uh, and then just complain about it. And I, I guess I come out happier on the other end because it's a positive outlet to vent, you know? Yeah. Hey, you beautiful bastards. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I just wanted to take a second to thank one of the sponsors of today's show, Drop. Drop, if you don't know, is the fantastic and free app that's giving out millions in cash rewards for the spending you do every day. You just link your debit or credit cards to the app. You start earning points when you shop at places like AMC, Best Buy, Expedia, Apple, even Uber and Lyft. And then you redeem points for free gift cards to places like Starbucks, Amazon, and many more. And it's not just a select few. Drop has you covered with over 300 brands so that you get rewarded as quickly as possible. I also personally use the app myself because it works with a lot of brands that I already use. And honestly, a bulk of my points come from SeatGeek and Uber. Uber, daily purchases from Starbucks. And as far as points go, you beautiful bastards have earned over 19 million points on Drop. And just a little more awesome on top, 100 of you beautiful bastards will be chosen at random to receive $5 to $25 worth of reward points. So just go download the app, add that card, use code ACW, and start earning today. But with that said, back to your regularly scheduled podcast.
Something I, I always ask anyone that I find remotely funny. Uh, what was your childhood like? It was pretty good, I guess. Uh, I wish <laughs> I... <laughs> oh, oh, wait, it, wait, just for, for the uh, the horrible audio listeners. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty good, I guess, he says, as he looks down at the table, remembering something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shit from my mom or something. No, it was it was pretty good. Oh, I wait, do you have a bad relationship with your mom, too? I, no. Can we bond over this, or am I just... I, I wish I could. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a liar here. I have a synthesized bad relationship for when I film videos for, with my mom. Oh, that must be so nice for you. Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. She's a wonderful person, but uh, no, it was, it was pretty chill for the most part too. Uh, I, I would say if, if I had to derive the worst part of my childhood, luckily for me, it was not family experience stuff. I was a very quiet, insecure kid. I had no self-confidence and I, and I wasted so much time when I was young worrying about things in the moment that never came to fruition. I was a huge worry wart. I was just terrified of, of being weird and standing out in a tiny little cutthroat town, you know? Did that, when, when did that change for you? Did it change for you? Yeah, I mean, it started changing kind of slowly. Honestly, I, I think one of the biggest tipping points for like kind of getting my self-confidence together was uh, in middle school, like right at the very end in jun junior high. Uh, I, I was just the shyest kid ever. I was in choir and stuff. But uh, my mom forced me to do the the talent show at the end of the year she's just like hey Gus why don't you do the uh the middle school idol and I was like I don't know about that and she goes you know what I'm gonna take your phone away from you until you do it and you're gonna be grounded for like two months unless, unless you, you do, do it. it wow and then she's like and then if you do it I'll give you 20 bucks so at the time I was like fuck you mom what the hell but then I needed someone to just throw me into the flames like that because then I, I I went up there I, I got my little pv amp and my my shitty Fender knockoff yeah. guitar and I sang Weezer's Pork and Beans really loud into the microphone because I used to watch the music video of all the old uh, YouTube clips. Do you remember the music video for that? No. Dude, the uh, Pork and Beans, Weezer. It was like the first few years after YouTube was uh, like a thing. I, it must have come out in like 2007 or 2008 or something like Jeez. that. And it's just like, it's got like Charlie the Unicorn and, and like, like laser cats and like that. Uh, I think visually I remember it. Yes. And like the yeah, Coke yeah, bottle yeah, guys yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Dude, I must've watched that video a hundred times when I was a kid. And I was just sitting in my Charlie grandpa's basement. I was like, I got it. I want to go sing that on stage. My mom made me do it. And I was like, oh shit, maybe I can go to my shell a little bit more. Did you, did you place? Yeah, was I got it? first place. Oh, I got nice. first place little, like, I just, my mom sent me the video of it this week. I hadn't seen it since then. Say, was that like the first time that you got like, <laughs> it sounds weird to say, outside acceptance and praise? It, it absolutely was. Like yeah. I got up there at the end of the talent show, I sang the song and little greasy haired in front of my face, Aeropostale shirt, lanky Gus, uh, sit in front of a panel of high school girl judges are like, oh, that was so sweet. And then oh, my man. classmates cheered for me. And then they literally, this sounds like r slash that happened, but, <laughs> but yeah, we, I, like, got, I got, I sure. got, I know it sounds like, and everyone clapped. And then I got a girlfriend I know. and I grew six more inches. <laughs> but I went back to middle school and they carried me to my locker and it was no. the end of the school year and i was like holy shit i gotta do that again dude okay well that's the best way anyone i think has ever finished middle school yeah, i know <laughs> like, i was like this was supposed to suck what the hell happened yeah i was like for me mine was always like i'll see you over the summer and then it just never did it yeah because i was playing video games yeah that's it. i didn't really hang out with a lot of kids when i was growing up uh my parents kind of put the kibosh on stuff for no reason in my mind like as far as you actually getting to do other things? Yeah. And I, I and growing I up, to that. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, why? You know, like, and I, I didn't think I asked a lot. I was a good kid, you know, by the book. I didn't drink or smoke in high school or anything. And, and I just, I just minded my own business. I got my stuff done for the most part, but it'd be like, hey, can I go to my buddy's house on the weekend? Well, no, you went last weekend. 
What? I'm sorry. Is this a fucking time chart here? I didn't know I had to accrue PTO for hanging out with my friends here. It's bullshit. <laughs> no, I relate to that. Not fully. Like yeah. once a week is, it feels like normal. Uh-huh. But my dad, uh, yeah, my dad would like never let me go out. I, he, my dad uh, like ingrained me with cynicism and just fear and anger of, of the world. Like my I hate to say this. So year, years ago, I want to say like two, three years ago, I was uh, I have a half sister. And I was mm-hmm. like, I want you to come out here. I think it'd be fun for you to, you know, get out of Florida. It'd be fun. And she told me that she was scared to go because she'd be traveling uh, by herself. And she was worried that uh, she but the thing is she wasn't even going to be traveling by herself. But she was worried that uh, she would get raped on the plane. Oh, yeah. And I was like, dude. And like, here's the thing. I don't know what it is to live the life of a woman. There are a lot of fears I, I I understand, but I knew that that was like this thing that was probably instilled through like this random toxic protective nature of my dad. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck. And I was, and I recognized it in all the limited opportunities I had as a kid mm-hmm. and it sucked, but yours was more time related. Not like you're going to get killed. It's just dumb shit. Yeah, like it wasn't life or death. And of course, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pissing at pennies here. But like, it was stuff like, hey, you got to turn your phone in every night at eight. Why? I, I don't know. That's the rule I made up. You know. God. When, when, wait. So when you were like in your teenage years. Yep. How, what, wait. How old are you? Twenty four. Twenty four. Oh, okay. So you're a little bit of a baby. I'm you a little just, baby. You got that. You got like that maturity face. Yeah. About you. <laughs> well, the mustache adds about eight years. To that. <laughs> Most people guess they're like, like if I just ask a random person, I'll be like, yeah. how old do you think I am? Most people say like, ah, thirty four. Yeah. I'm like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, man. Well, cause I was, wow, this is not going to be relatable at all. Cause I was like, I love the fact I'm 34 now. Yeah. When I was growing up, like the internet was so new. It was mm-hmm. AOL, right? Shit that like 18 year olds have never seen before as far yeah. as like what the fuck uh, that, that login process looked like. But it was this beautiful two years of parents not understanding how technology worked where you could like turn off a monitor and they thought the whole thing was off and yeah. and you could just like come back and like you're like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna steal shit on napster yeah. and, and look at and look at crazy shit on the internet because yeah. this is what i can do it was a beautiful time now i it's so weird that it's now come full circle for me that i'm just like oh, i have to look at the internet yeah i can't do you have what's your relationship with social media at this point i absolutely fucking hate it so much do you dude. really i really hate it the thing is i i feel like i'm in this position right now where I really feel obligated to use it. Um, the only thing I really do like for the most part is I like Twitter, but it's mostly because I don't engage with a lot of negativity on Twitter. I use Twitter where it's like, I don't really look at it. Maybe twice a day, I'll be like, here's a funny video I saw out in the world, or here's a dumb little joke I thought of. Yeah. So it's fun for me to do that, but I stay away from it. I don't give a shit about Instagram. I utilize Reddit a lot and I waste a lot of time there. Mm. It is It is a cesspool for negativity a lot of the time. <laughs> Um, so I, I wish that I had the, uh, better moderating abilities to just be like, you know what, I'm going to delete Twitter for a month or like, I'm just going to walk away. But I feel this pressure internally to be like, I feel like I'm kind of on the up right now. And I want to try to build out these other platforms as a place to like Twitter is essentially a second channel for right now for Mm. me. You know, it's like, here's a funny little thing that's not good enough to put on YouTube. And it does blow up. Do you find that when things blow up on Twitter, there is a lesser gain I was talking about mm. this with a, a buddy and he was like, you know, it's like if you are on YouTube and you and something hits recommended harder or trending, it's like that 
can be life changing. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok, the way that people are getting organic growth, sometimes out, out of like a pop, that can be game changing as long as you then make sure you turn some lever, levers. Yeah. Instagram can be meaningful. But then Twitter, it's like you see some people sometimes make content that the impressions on it have to be like, 30 to 50 million oh, it's and nuts. they get 300 subs- or like followers. Mm-hmm. And so do you see explosive growth? Is it more just, do you think that it's or- it's serving a fan base that you already have? I mean, I don't know. I think uh, Twitter, I don't, I don't necessarily see explosive growth from it. I think that momentum helps a lot with Twitter too. So, mm. I mean, it, it helps that I have, I, you know, a few hundred thousand followers and I got that dumb verified tick you know so i think that if i make a joke it's different from you know some somebody that randomly maybe has 50 followers and they have a stupid viral tweet sure so people will see like oh that's funny ah they do other stuff so maybe people are more inclined to follow me i don't know okay but yeah, uh yeah. yeah i don't i guess i don't really look at it directly as like a competition for everything that i post but i i think like there are dumb little jokes that I want to make, or maybe I'll see a funny sign and he'll like, hey, look at that dumb thing, you know? And like, that's fun for me to do. And I also see it as a way where it's like, if I throw it up and if it does well, you know, sometimes I'll have a tweet and maybe it'll bring in one to 3,000 followers. And I'm like, what if even 10 of those people stick around to watch my videos or come to a show? That's true. They'll be like, oh, that's great. I, I gave them a little t- taste of like, here's kind of what I'm about. I like that. They came on over. So, okay. So it's, it's almost like a, a marketing pull. Or like yeah. a marketing lever in some way. Yeah, but I don't feel like I'm like I'm just like, what is what do I have to do today? <laughs> it's like yeah. if I see something, I see something, you know? Well, I was gonna ask, because you have a you have a pretty big output, like all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it's not it's not reactionary, right? That you actually have to come up with ideas. Do you mm-hmm. so, so is it just kind of chaos? Is it you plan it's certain things chaos. out? It's fucking chaos, dude. I <laughs> I live in fifteen minute increments. I have the 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 nature of this last year or two has just been me struggling to just add some semblance of structure to my life. Like I I I'm proud of my work ethic in the last two years because historically I was the class clown fuck around kid that wasn't being mean to people, but I just never got my shit together. I'm definitely a work smarter, not harder kind of guy looking to cut corners wherever I can with shit, obviously as evidenced by our podcast set that we taped the background to. I still to. stand by that if you try to make that set nicer, they will revolt. <laughs> okay. And your well, audience will revolt. <laughs> thank you for liking our, our <laughs> shitty, shitty set then. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I care so much about what I put out now and, and, I, and I really want to make it something that I'm proud of and stuff too. But I'm also always going to go the path of least resistance. And I'm really happy that my approach to that content wise has seemed to resonate with a lot of people. Um, and I assure you, it's not some intentional like, oh, if I make it look really shitty and low budgety, that's just how it's fun for me to do stuff. Sure. It's uh, half the videos I shoot these days are on the like 2003 Sony Handycam that I was making videos on in middle school on my bike. It's the same fucking microphone and camera. I don't even upgrade my setup at all. Hardly like, yeah, it's just run and gun making shit up as I go. Would you would you call yourself or at, at a certain point a hustler? <clears throat> Um, I don't, I'm, I am afraid of calling myself that because I think that I resent it sometimes in other people when, when they maybe get bigger and have a platform and then they turn into the like, uh, rise and grind kind of people where I'm like, again, this is, no, I had like a four month period where I did it, but it was literally based off of. I was having a horrible time sleeping. So I was like, I'm going to turn being up at four o'clock in the morning into something motivational, but hating life. Yeah. But, yeah, but no, yeah. But like on. that helps, that helps people though, to some extent. And the thing is, I recognize like, 
I, I, perhaps I'm just being too much of a Debbie Downer, and I'm not shitting on people like The Rock or like Kevin Hart or something like that. But I see traits of like where I'm looking like, oh, Kevin, you got like 20 Instagram stories today, and it's always like, people, if you hustle, if you grind, you can accomplish anything. You can do this, and it's like, dog, you're in like a 10 million dollar gym. It's like you are super talented, but we're also lucky as fuck. Like I, yeah. I, I am scared of ever coming across as like holier than thou or like, guys, I got this shit figured out because I don't. Well, the reason I ask is because I was like looking through some of the I was like one trying to find any interview of you and there's yeah. been very few. It's like me now and then the H3 podcast and then like newspapers. Like, yeah, and it seems like local stuff. But then hearing you talk about it popped in my head because you talked about your old shitty camera. Mm -hmm. And then I know in the, you talked in the past about you used to make uh, shitty uh, fake prank videos for, yeah. for break <laughs> uh, and just like turning that money around and then like talking about. Uh, was it getting stuff that people were handing out and then yeah, uh, in yeah. college and then reselling it. And I was like, I, I get, I like that. Cause one, it reminded me of a less illegal me yeah. <laughs> when I was growing up. But do you still like, do you feel like you still have any of like that, that energy? Now? Absolutely. Absolutely. In, in what ways? The thing, well, the thing is too, like I, again, I'm, I'm, you asked me the question, would you identify like as a hustler? And I say no, cause I never want to be the guy that goes, Absolutely. You know, but to some extent, I do feel that like I am a kind of a cut corners guy, but I work my fucking ass off at the end of the day, you yeah. know, and I, I, I always like like trying to be the guy that's just trying to scrap shit together. You know, I mean, I don't want to lose that aspect of like kind of survival. Like I talk to you if you want to go see our interview with Phil, it's on the Gus Knight podcast <laughs> cross promote. Um, but no, like if I, I talk to you about that kind of stuff, like trying to scrap stuff together in college and, and mm -hmm. flipping stuff online. I used to go. Did I tell you about the HD DVD code thing? No. Oh, so, dude. So. Uh, I used to use this website called Listia, and it was, this is not a promotion at all. I would, <laughs> kind of shady, you might want to stay away from them. Um, but there was this website called Listia, and it was like, uh, you never crossed, you never traded money at all. You would just trade points on the site to buy other items. Okay. So what I would do, so I would go to my grandpa who had a ton of like Blu-rays and stuff. I go to a bunch of my other friends and stuff and nobody uses the fucking digital download code for those, you know? Yeah. But I guess some people use them online. So I would go and I'd take hundreds of these things and I'd put them up for sale on Listia. It's like eBay, but just for points on the same website. So I would just sell those goddamn things and then I'd trade them for like TVs and stuff or like headphones and I'd like sell those. And I'd That's fucking amazing. That's the thing too. And I've, I, I've spoken a lot about this, even with my girlfriend, Sabrina, um, as I've become very introspective in the last year, but I, I, I really respect that trait more than anything in people. And I think I identify with it a lot is the people that say, no matter what, like, I'm going to just work my goddamn ass off to make this mm -hmm. happen. You know, like just the people that have just scraping their way up, you know, and that's why I think I identify with like fictional characters a lot, like Walter White from Breaking Bad and shit, where <laughs> a lot of people might be like, fuck that guy. Wait, I'm so, like, okay. At the end yeah, of the, look at, at the end of the, at the end of the series, <laughs> yes. were you still on his side? Oh, my man, he's right a piece here. of shit. But yeah, I'm like, dude, Walt, all the way, buddy. I don't care. I feel like I feel like everyone I talk to, or not everyone, eighty percent of the people I talk to, were like, no, nah, he's gone too far. Yeah, I was like, no, like, I was like, his kids sold him out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck this guy, fuck this guy. Yeah, and it's like that's the thing is they are right. Like, fuck him for all that yeah, stuff. But how the, much damage he's actually uh, causing? But it's like at the end of the day, that's that's the problem. And I and I see that in fictional characters, and I see that in people, and I'm trying to approach people individually and, and people as a whole, just with the idea that nobody's really perfect, but I really admire that trait in people that G just like, Gustin. fuck you, I'm doing whatever I can. I think of like Dave Portnoy, you know, from Barstool Sports. <laughs> and I'm just like, that guy, I really disagree with a lot of the shit that I hear about like the office environment and like how you do things over there. But I'm like, 
fucking Dave Portnoy is a guy that had just ground his ass off mm. for years, like would do 20 hour days working his ass off to make blogs and shit. And, and the thing is, I, I identify with that so hard. I'm just repeating what I'm saying now, but I'm super passionate about that. But you my know question I mean? is, yeah. if you can forgive all that, why can't you let Chris Brown slide, Gus? <laughs> I, that's a good point. That's <laughs> is, a great is point. It's a thing that no one would ever expect me <laughs> no. to actually say. <laughs> that is a really, really great point. I don't think it is. I well, was like, I think that it's... No, the thing is, though, no, but it's it's a great point in the sense that, yeah, you're. I just said, too, not one. Not every person is just one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. People are, are a multitude of things. You can't be defined by your worst moment. But in my opinion, Chris Brown has had so many worse moments and is clearly not learning. He has over 10 assault related charges on the books ever since the Rihanna re- incident. <laughs> All I'm saying, he seems like across the board ass. The way the way, <laughs> the way you said 10, 10 charges on the books with that mustache makes me feel like I'm talking to a guy. <laughs> you heard it here. I got to say allegedly just in case, even though I, <laughs> I actually kind of researched that video. Like, I made a Google Doc. You're like, I got this one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I hope you're still enjoying that podcast so I can take that happy feeling and uh, ride that into a sponsorship. This one specifically, Vessi. And if you didn't know, Vessi makes 100% waterproof and weatherproof knit sneakers that are incredibly comfortable, breathable, and actually love the way they look. I mean, it's hard to find a lightweight shoe that actually keeps your feet warm and dry through rain, snow, mud, and Vessi definitely hits that mark. And they aren't just for the winter months either. Their Dymatex material is the first dual climate knit material. It regulates temperature, so keeps you warm in the winter and lets sweat and heat escape in the summer. And so whether you're going on a muddy hike, running errands in the rain, headed to the gym, yoga, walking the dog, just going to the park with the kids, whatever, these are the shoes for you. Not to mention also how insanely stretchy they are. It actually feels like I'm wearing a sock, but not in those weird web toe shoes kind of way. So if you want to experience the world's first 100% waterproof knit shoe and get $25 off your order, just head on over to vessifootwear.com slash defranco and back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Do you put anything in your hair? I put a little bit in my hair. I'm open for business, Phil. I'm just, <laughs> I'm open for business. Oh, dude, you're going to leave. I'm going to give you this. Uh, we're not selling the, the CBD version, uh, but we have a normal version of yeah. the shampoo conditioner we just got. I was like, I'm going to give it to you. All right. I, I dig it. And then I'm going to watch your videos for the content. Then also be, I'll, I'll be like, let me see. Does it have a sheen? Yeah. yeah it's got, <laughs> it's got a sheen. That's good because I ran out of shampoo a week ago. I forgot to get a new one. I've been using bar soap all week. That's that's a twenty year old move, dude. That's okay. a twenty year old move. Dude. I need to keep dude, these dude. things in my life, though, Phil. I need to Why? do. I feel like I need to do that, though. Like I use bar soap sometimes. I is, sp- is that to keep you grounded? I think so. It doesn't. It doesn't. No, it just makes you look a little bit like a mess. It dude, doesn't. I like looking like There's a mess. Nothing though. wrong. Here's the thing I'm saying. It's something I've I've learned now like there's nothing wrong with taking care of yourself yeah there's oh, nothing i do not take care of myself <laughs> yeah no i'm kind of a piece of shit i i get all my good uh, clothes at goodwill still uh i shower most of the time i showered for this and i used my my six dollar <laughs> tin of six dollar tin of just that shitty axe hair stuff because it's uh, just all i've ever known so i'm in the business for a nice new pomade did axe, did axe get you when you were like 10 no they didn't get me at all i just when i was a store or at the store oh <laughs> just, as a child i thought yeah. you meant like as a brand ambassador <laughs> yeah i was yeah i was sitting watching nickelodeon i was like oh shit double pits to chesty all right i, got I was like up. i got it yeah. i love the way that the uh the ads have changed i think if you want to look at how society has changed look at axe ads now yeah. and axe ads 10 years ago <laughs> yeah. it was like yo you want to fuck <laughs> get axe and then you're they're gonna, like just, you're, you're gonna die you're gonna fuck so much <laughs> and now it's like oh it feels good yeah <laughs> it feels nice i feel clean I had heard, too, that I guess their uh, upper management was disappointed because their branding was so successful towards that kind of middle school crowd that that was kind of their entire identity public-wise. Mm. And they were like, oh, shit, we got to kind of pivot this into older adults. But Well, I think it... 
I think one, it's good that they expanded their their product line in general because mm-hmm. I know for me in middle school, maybe even a little bit of high school, which is very unfortunate, I used Axe body spray like it was a deodorant. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Phoenix, you're done. <laughs> you just smell. You just bought yourself two hours, baby. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife was like, I don't know how we're together because when I first got with you, you'd always wear these ugly ass sweater vests mm-hmm. and you just reeked of Axe body spray. And I was like, maybe the personality. <laughs> Maybe, or maybe you just knew the train was going somewhere decent. That's it. And you're like, we're going to hitch up. I'm hopping on chaos, chaos train there. Yeah. How long, uh, how long have you been in your relationship? I've been dating Sabrina for two years. It's going pretty chill. I dig it. (laughs) It's going pretty chill. She is the first partner that I've had where I have, uh, very heavily involved, uh, a, a partner in what I'm doing business wise. And what way? Um, well, Sabrina now, uh, works in a number of positions with me. It's not a clearly defined position, but uh, for all intents and purposes, she's a producer of what I'm doing right now. Uh, She, if I'm doing a a bigger scale shoot, maybe it's one of the Comedy Central shoots, she'll like look up here space locations, talk to other actors and stuff like that. Um, She started doing some editing for me too sometimes, and she's just killing it. Honestly, like the Mr. Bean commentary video I put out, Sabrina edited a great amount of that. I went and fine tuned it. She's doing all my ad edits and stuff like that. Yeah. All my contacting and communication stuff, like over the email, you probably talked to Sabrina. <laughs> for So for your videos, is it primarily now just her and you or just mainly you? It's still mainly me. And not to take any credit away from Sabrina. And Taking she has all the credit. <laughs> all of it. Obviously. This is going to this is gonna create a problem. There I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we'll fix it on the home. No, front. but I, I'm always fascinated by people that edit just because it, it feels like for a lot of you guys, it's just a different part of the same comedy. Yeah. And uh, it's it's been really wonderful working with her too. And, and, but I'm still such a stickler. Like I want to maintain what I'm doing. Like I, every single sketch I'm editing all those ones. And I just wanted some help on offloading, maybe like, ah, edit this ad read at the end, or here's a longer one, but no, but she, she's just been killing it and working together has been really great so far. We've been doing it. She's, she's like a full-time employee of me now. And it's been Mm -hmm. that way for, I think about six months and which is still relatively new, but uh, it's been going very well. And I hope that that stays the course. Right now, so when you say like she's an employee of you, and your mind is, I just mean on paper, not like not like oh mistress, come home, you know. No, but I mean like in your head, right? Uh, yeah. Is is your like kind of? I know that you said you live inside of fifteen minutes, but mm-hmm. is your kind of business model? It, it's it's all it's all me. It's all Gus. It, it's all like I'm I'm kind of like the the tip of the spear, and I don't need to kind of spread out and do other other things i mean you have the podcast you have the sketches and Mm -hmm. you know you're on different social platforms but are you looking at anything like some of these other guys are of like collective groups uh like as a business model instead of just a friend group or what are you doing you You mean like with some of the people i'd like collaborate with or maybe even whether you're collaborating with or like do you want do you want to build a business or are you wanting to just build you i think which obviously those two don't have to be completely separate, but they yeah. have like slight changes. Totally. That's a good question. You're a good interviewer, by the way. This is a lot of Perfect. Fun. That's, I'm just going to hyper cut all the clips of, <laughs> oh, wow, that's a good question. You're a good interviewer. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to watch it right before I go to sleep at night and I'm wondering what the fuck I'm doing with my life. Yes. <laughs> Close the door. Um, so yeah. We're, uh, I mean, if you're still figuring it out, don't worry. No, that's, I, I think that, uh. I don't know how conscious I am of my direction, I guess. Mm. I, you know, I, I guess I'm a self-proclaimed short-term thinker, but I am, I am also plotting things out, plotting as if it's evil. But like, so, okay. Cause like you, the comedy central thing that you mentioned, yeah, right. How did that come to be? That came to be, uh, they approached me a, about a year and a half ago, uh, or maybe about 
God, maybe two years ago, I think I was still at the tail end of college mm-hmm. uh, and they had expressed interest in working together digitally. I, I I had to pass on it because I would have had to fuck over everyone in my last production theatrically at college and just be a fly the coop douchebag. What's up? I'm the lead, <laughs> but I'm out, you know? Yeah. And I had to move to New York. I didn't want to do that. Um, Your understudy was like, go. Yeah, go. go. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they they approached me and, and uh, we started working together and stuff. And it's been... Uh, primarily with just their digital department, and they are just wonderful people. Uh, I'm, I'm contracted to to send in a, a handful of videos to their digital platforms that I self-produce uh, with their supervision. They have somebody on set, so mm-hmm. I don't get brands and stuff on, which is weird. Like, they're great, but it's just like, it's weird having a guy watch you do stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. do that, and then I go out to a couple big events, and then I do, like, man-on-the-street stuff. Sure. I go to, like, South By, I go to, like, uh, Comic-Con, stuff like that. So when that opportunity comes up, uh, why do you do it? Why do I do it? I do it because it's fucking Comedy Central. <laughs> no, so yeah. So in my like, mind, like that's my literal co- thought process. Oh, that's fucking Comedy Central. You so know? it's like it's like a rung on the ladder or a check off the box for you personally. Yes. And I don't really know exactly what my end goal uh, is specifically, but I have a lot of things that I know I'd love to do. I was so pleasantly surprised with this tour. I absolutely want to keep stand up a staple of what I'm doing in the next five to ten years at yeah. least. Uh, in terms of Comedy Central stuff, we have a, a great relationship. They've been more than patient with me as I've delayed, delayed, delayed them for months just trying to get my shit done mm-hmm. as I try to turn in some of these projects, and I'm very appreciative to them for that. Um, also, just, you know, maybe two to five years from now, I want to be running my own show. I've got some comedy shows, ideas, 22-minute kind of stuff. Oh, okay. But, so that that is my goal here in the next couple of years. I am not eager to jump ship off of YouTube yet. I want to keep that going as long as possible. Mm-hmm. It also allows me a lot of freedom as clearly everything I do on YouTube is kind of just like, eh, whatever the fuck that is, you know? <laughs> well, because I was going to ask, uh, like, would you ever do something that's more longer form? The 22 minute thing oh, sounds without like a it. doubt. So for you, is that, you know, writing, producing, directing, starring? What what seems the most interesting? It's definitely writing, directing. Yeah. yeah. And I want to be in it too. I'm kind of, <laughs> I guess I'm self-centered <laughs> I in this sense. I the, I the thing is right now, what I'm doing like with the sketch stuff, uh, I, I like to think that I have a really good flow of it. I, I know what is funny to me and I'm really happy that's resonated with a lot of other people. So I guess that's put me in more of a director position in the last like year or two. And I feel really confident in my choices and I want to kind of like blow that up on a little bit of a bigger scale. Okay. So for you, it's, yeah, it sounds like you're, you're very kind of like big, even though you talk about being short, short minded, like big picture guy Mm -hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah. It's like, I'm on both extremes and I wish I could find a better middle ground because it's like, I'm doing the comedy tour stuff and I'm making sure like, oh, I need to write these people notes so I can sow those seeds at the clubs to be cool with them like years from now, potentially. Uh, And then I need to like start writing this stuff aside. I need to book something a year from now. But also it's like, I can't clean my fucking room for three months. I'm wallowing in shit. I'm like, where's the, where all these fucking DiGiorno's crusts come from? God help me, you know? You just gotta, you gotta, you're talking about, you're talking about hand soap in your hair, which I, I think, hey, like regular Joe guy, <laughs> relate. But I feel like there's a lot of, there's, I feel like a lot of people think like the negative or the chaos lends them, lends itself to maybe why something so creative or so good. That's what right? I'm afraid of. Cause it's like, it's I'm, not, that's bullshit. Okay, good. Because I'm like, I, I am so happy with the content that I've been putting out, especially in the last year and a half and stuff right now. And I do think that to some extent there have been opportunities where I've made a video or done a project that has been so run and gun last minute that has come from those circumstances. But at the same time, a lot of the time it's kind of miserable just trying yeah. to like keep your head above water with all this stuff. Yeah. I've, I've spoken before publicly and even on the podcast and stuff 
me as a communicator, dude, you can't get me to return a goddamn text or email. <laughs> I look at my inbox, even if there's three things in there, I was like, well, I can't tackle that pile. Better not respond to that person for three months. And then it just, as it stacks, it gets worse and worse. And you're like, well, I'll just never look at it. Exactly. And I was like, why? It, it feels like shit that every response in the last year has started with me apologizing. Like, dude, Phil, I'm so sorry. It's been two months. Uh, anyway, yeah. You as, know, well, I no, hate as, it. As, as, like, as things have gotten crazier and crazier or tried different things, I've found myself to be more productive but less capable of regular human things. So you talk about the yeah. email. I have an assistant that literally filters it out in one giant swoop, just says like, okay, what's our response to this, 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 knock it out. Yeah. For you, just get like a one time a week maid service. It's actually a lot less expensive than you'd think. Like, like to clean my house though? Yeah. I can't do it. Why? I can't do it. I will not do that. You say that now. I know, but I would rather be wading through my own shit uh, and then assuming that it keeps me semi-grounded than having someone come and restructure my life like Why? that a little bit. Gus, just, uh, this is all I've ever known, Phil. This, this is, is all I've ever known. Okay, it's a shitty thing to think, but yeah. your time, like, <laughs> one, you should try and keep, like, your room okay, just for a sense of sanity, because when I have a dirty room, I go insane, yeah. or I just, then I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, but, like, your time is, this is a thing that, Casey Neistat like really ingrained in me and I've I've adopted certain tiers of uh -huh. of just like your time's so much more valuable and your sanity is so much more valuable than you know not like either living in uh, what was it uh, shit squalor <laughs> essentially yeah <laughs> or or feeling like you're slightly disconnected because you paid someone that wants to be paid and it's their job to, to clean yeah I think, I don't know. And, and I understand that the thing is that all makes sense. And I understand that I will be operating at my best self if I get some of these other. Also, I know I'm saying this and I'm going to get shit in the comments because <laughs> I'd be like, he's so disconnected. Yes, to a certain degree, I am disconnected uh -huh. to, to like regular life. But yeah, man, you I, I want I want that kind of structure. And it, it comes and goes is the biggest thing. And, and it's kind of seasonal, at least from what I've seen, too. Like, for example, right now. Uh, we, I just had college buddies that left four days ago mm -hmm. and it's the holiday season. i still have huge ties back home. So all the friends are coming out. So it's like the boys are in town for a week. Oh, we got to go do Hollywood Boulevard. We got to go see the observatory. That's really fun. But it's like, I have to kind of put my life on hold for these chunks as, as I'm making and maintaining these valuable <laughs> relationships. Fuck that fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I see so much value in maintaining like the relationships and stuff yes. that I have, especially with being literally living in the Midwest, like across the country, essentially. So I take huge parts of that, like out of my schedule and stuff. So then maybe it's like the boys are over for a week. Throw shit in my room. We're having people over. Fuck it. Throw that load of laundry on the chair. And I can never crawl back from that because it's like I'll spend 20 hours like, oh, I finally threw out all these shitty props I don't need. I better keep the Imbiamba Jones whip. I better keep that jacket, all this stuff. And then, oh, boys are coming over or like, oh, shit, I'm shooting for a week. And I throw all the props in there and I just reset it. And it's it kills me. I hate it. It it's just sounds like it sounds like. You don't realize that you're on my side. Yeah, this sounds like a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're just like, I don't know. It's just this part stresses me out and I value not only creation, but my friends. Yeah. And that's why I don't do the thing that is easily handled by someone else. Can I tell you a, a potential uh, bit of hypocrisy that I might have within here? I then? love hypocrisy. <laughs> Thank God. Um, I, I definitely it's it is true when I say I don't care what people think of me in the sense that if you don't like me, that's fine. I understand it. I would hope people wouldn't think that I'm a bad person or a piece of shit. But otherwise, like public image wise, it's like I'll be an idiot running around in fucking thrift store tidy whities. I'll have my my 
stretch lines hanging out. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm totally fine looking like the dope, but I still within myself, I'm really self-conscious about like, if people knew that I had a maid coming over and doing like even a once a week thing, I would be really embarrassed of what people would think about me for that. I wouldn't care. It, <laughs> it's just the sanity that it brings. Yeah. Like the, just the, oh my God. Like, so we were like, we, so we, uh, we actually, so we had someone that would babysit for us every now and then. Yeah. But we finally, especially after the the second kid decided to get a nanny, mm-hmm. right? We had some same thoughts of like, well, what will people say? But especially with, uh, my wife now like working heavily on her project over the past year and a half, it was like, well, it's the only way that we can kind of have that time. And I know that some people are going to be like, oh, well, that's, that's shitty. But it's made life so much easier. Mm-hmm. When we went to uh, Florida, she, she's amazing. Uh, our, our, our nanny is amazing. She yeah. came with us. And it's the only way that we have figured out so far to do a cross-country trip where our kids are, our, our youngest is not losing his shit yeah uh, because he's like i gotta be with mommy okay i'm with mommy i don't know what i want mm-hmm. uh but with if he's just there i don't know he's he has like separation anxiety i was like if it makes my life easier and it affords me sanity that i will then be able to use because i do not believe that like being stressed out of your mind mm-hmm. lends itself to a good project i think timelines can yes. i think like right so some stressors but not to the point that it's detrimental to your mental health mm-hmm. um then fu- who fucking i have a maid and a nanny and <laughs> i'm fucking disconnected in in uh, like certain ways to regular society but like it's the only way that i don't fucking break with the the workload and stress load yeah and i and i say that knowing that there are people out there that have uh worse situations and way fucking harder jobs mine's mentally and emotionally draining like i don't have like a physically exhausting it, job like it's hard kid. though though you know but it's, it's so it, easy yeah even i'm catching myself do it of invalidating my feelings and like invalidating my stress because i have some good shit going on in my life like that doesn't take away especially if it's stuff like exhaustion or mm-hmm. depression like things that don't give a fuck about how good things yeah. are going on in your life Absolutely. And see, and I get that. And uh, to weigh in, and especially on the parent thing, I think I'm very qualified. No children in my yes, own here. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, in my mind, when I look in at your situation too, I, I, I really differentiate it with what I'm doing in the sense that it's like, there are so many other people that depend on you, both like mm. in a family state and, and as a business, as a company. Um, and and I, I look at my situation right now and what I'm doing. And yes, there are people that depend on me too. Um, like, you know, Sabrina is an employee of mine mm-hmm. too. And I, I run a a podcast with Eddie and and I shoot with friends and family and stuff but in my mind too you know I am still a college kid that's making little goofy videos with his yeah. friends and and it I can't justify that with the current life structure that I have right now you know where I'm like okay well I'm eating frozen pizza at night and just editing in my room and stuff right now I can't get over that barrier of justifying like get someone to help clean the house help somebody just come in and give structure in my life you know what I mean it didn't you just earlier say that you need somebody to give you structure? I already told you I'm a hypocrite, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want from me? It feels like you are at battle with yourself. I, Dude, I am. And yeah. man, this is like such a thank you for watching my therapy session here, by the way. Uh, <laughs> smash this, that this is also therapeutic like for me because I, I, I project onto people. Dude, so I, that's dude what too. I, found. Yeah. I do too. This is like we're just bouncing lasers <laughs> off each other right now. Um, no, I'm straight vibing right now, boys. Uh, I, I, I absolutely agree though. Like I've so much figuring out has had to happen in the last year and a half, ever since I moved to LA and stuff. And it really, in my mind was that last jump of like, 
there's no more windfalls, you know, no more safety nets. Cause up until even a, like just about a year and a half ago, I was in college. I was mm-hmm. struggling to, to graduate. I barely graduated 2.54 GPA boys. I just, Oh, I killed myself on the way out, but busting through every hurdle and stuff. But, but you got it, right? You have to do that. And, and ever since I got out here, uh, within the first year of living in LA, I, I almost went broke as soon as I moved out here just because I didn't think the move was going to be as much. I wasted mm. so much money. Well, I, I don't consider it a waste, but I spent so much money going to establish a, a long distance relationship with Sabrina for mm. the last six months of my college and stuff. So I was flat broke. I came out here and suddenly within the first year, I am uh, in charge of doing an entire stand up tour, writing a whole hour, doing 40 shows around the country, trying to like schedule the filming for it. I start a relationship with Comedy Central of which there's a lot of obligations. And I feel like constantly in the last year, I am just playing catch up, apologizing Mm -hmm. to them for saying I'm so far behind, apologizing apologizing to everyone in my personal life. Like, I can't get back to you. I'm so sorry. I'm welching on plans. I'm a terrible communicator trying to keep my head above water with the podcast uploads. I feel like I'm drowning all the time. And it's just mm-hmm. trying to provide some structure to that. So, yeah, it sounds, I think that's one of like the super relatable things where, and people don't talk about it a lot because it's yeah. not relatable to a lot of people that watch, but like you're a little bit trapped in success. Well, right? I don't know about that. A I think I'm, bit. I think I'm too proud to admit that I need help some of the times. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like actual cry for help, like hit up my mom or something like that. Not to scare you, but like I have, I have a hard time. Uh, I'm very good at delegating, but I'm too picky with like, don't do it like that. I do it like this. I'm too much of a control freak that especially control as I try to, to build out what I'm doing creatively, it's so hard for me to outsource and edit, even if it's just a simple little ad read thing. It's so hard for me to say like, oh, I trust some other people to like go be characters and do this kind of stuff. And well, the trust thing I get. Yeah. The, the trust thing I definitely get. How many, How often in your life do you have someone say to you, no, 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 don't worry. I know you're busy. All the time? Yeah. Isn't it if, like, I caught that, a few months ago and I was like oh I hate that I fucking I hate, hate it so much me. dude no it's not them though I hate that about me because no but I I hate it in the sense where regardless of even if I know it's not coming from a bad place I've still I'm just like I know but that's no excuse I didn't text you for two <laughs> oh, months yeah, yeah, yeah it's totally no excuse but yeah. it, it, that, that you just it's like the nice way of just them holding up a mirror and be like you're a little bit of a shit friend <laughs> yeah. but there I think I think that's like that's always the I forget who said it but it's kind of like the triangle it's like work, friends, family. Yeah. You can kind of usually thrive or do a de- decent job with two, but one's always going to suffer. I'm doing bad at all three of them. Well, that's what, when you focus on all, th- or you try yeah. to focus on all three, I think you end up like chaotic and scattered. Mm-hmm. What do you think out of that three? That's a weird, maybe this is a weird question. Out of, out of that three, yeah. what are the two things if you had to just focus? This sounds a little bit like a fuck, Mary kill <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. work. Fuck, Mary kill. Uh, your girlfriend, your personal <laughs> life, or your happiness. Uh, so what are the three tiers? No, so it's a uh, work, friends, family. Okay. So which are the two that I suck at right now or No, what? which would you focus on if you, if you had to go, okay, one's going to suffer. Even if it's for, a, let's say a year, you're yeah. like, this is my fucking year. Well, the worst part, I guess it's a blessing in disguise is that my friends and family are so conflated in my life too, because sure. it's like, I mean, my brother, Sven Johnson, he has an already very successful YouTube channel largely because of his own creativity and work ethic and stuff. I've had very little to do with the success of that. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, oh shit, now I've got my brother's a full-time YouTuber and stuff too. And even my younger brother than that is now like a core character with what we're doing. He'll probably have a big platform of his own someday and Mm -hmm. shit. So, and so just so much of what I shoot with my family is already when I'm shooting with my friends, I conflate the two. 
if I had to focus, it would absolutely be on friends and family right now. Okay. Because I do have enough, like, kind of plotted out for the workflow stuff where it's like, I can do a weekly podcast. I can do a weekly sketch like that. I just, I don't do them in good ways. I don't plan for things as much. I should script things out. I kind of just run and gun, make it up as I go. Well, I was going to ask regarding the the scripting for you, because you seem, and maybe it's just uh, your acting is that good. It feels like a lot of it is ad lib swings. Mm -hmm. So when you're scripting, is it, here's the thing, we're going to do it and then maybe try and add on to it? Or is it like the setup and then this is where we need to end it? It is, uh, the, the biggest thing is as I kind of deal with like the ideation and stuff is I think I'm really good at coming up with a funny concept. Like, oh, that's funny. And then you kind of already know the video from there. And then you try to think of an ending. The thing is, if if anybody's seen any of my bloopers or behind the scenes videos, 90% of the time we're shooting a video and it's a really fast paced thing. Maybe it's a character based thing. I'm playing a mom character. I'm drunk outside. You know, I'm playing the wine lady or something. And we get to the like an hour in and, and every time invariably I'm we're always just like, I don't know how to end this. What do we do? So I never have an ending in sight, you know? So I, I will have a concept or a character or something, and I know there's a lot of good lines in there, and then I'll try to find the ending along the way. And do you feel like, okay, so you do you find the ending more times than not while you're actually filming, or is it an edit save? Um, mostly it's when we're filming. Okay. I, I really, I can't imagine, or I don't know the last time I went into an edit not knowing what the ending was. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I will shoot until I feel like I have something, which is also stressful because sometimes you have two hours straight of footage and it, you're trying to condense it yeah. into a minute, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's because, because yeah, a lot of your stuff, at least, although do you feel like it's, it's changed? What would you say? Like, as far as your, your content, the, the biggest change of the past year is, uh, past year, I think, well, besides the fact that I dialed back to a weekly upload, just one a week. Uh, I think that I have played around with weirder stupider ideas and i've been very happy that those have ultimately worked a lot of the time yeah when i say weirder stupider i mean ones that aren't necessarily rooted in like here hashtag relatable you know i think of like individual character things i i don't know how familiar you are with some of the stuff but like me being the drunk kid in god's country me being like mitchell robbins a guy that's obsessed with he's afraid of his microwave you know me being imbiamba jones who's just indiana jones as a kid that is a piece of shit you know those shouldn't work and that's not based on anything it's just fucking around but i think people really identify with how much legitimate fun we are having on set and i'm just happy that those have paid off and i think i've taken a gamble more on that stuff in the last year well i think okay so one that's awesome that you are even at a point where you're trying stuff that's different but then two i think it probably speaks then if you're not going to do like relatable bait mm-hmm. like how much of that core audience you have that it's probably less cuz it feels like and correct me if i'm wrong it feels like when you were rising a big chunk of that was based off of like the share economy of like a Reddit or Twitter mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That was absolutely my my game plan, especially the first two, three years or so. Because I, I would consider myself as having done this, at least time-wise, whether or not it's been financially viable, full-time for about five, five and a half years now. And uh, the first few years, I was specifically like, I'm going to make YouTube haikus for the 32nd or last comedy subreddit. <laughs> I'm going to do stuff that I think is going to perform well in this subreddit. Mm -hmm. And they were also things that I found super funny. Um, But as I got a little bit of momentum going, I felt more comfortable being like, you know what? I'll take a risk here. And if it flops, it flops. There's still people that I think will stick around to give me a second chance in the next one. Who's out there now that you think is kind of crushing it? And it's like new that they're crushing it. It's new that they're crushing it? Yeah, like let's say last six months. I know that's 
Well, we've had a lot of, I am th- so thrilled in the last two years, especially how, how just this really raw homemade sketch comedy seems to have really come back to the surface of people's attentions and has fallen in the good graces of even YouTube, the company and stuff. I think of creators like Caleb City, RDC World, uh, Trevor Wallace, Churdley's Fairbairn Films, all these guys like the Ian Kung's, all those guys, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like this this homegrown stuff that's that's just really thriving well. So and we've seen a lot of big blow ups. Like Churdley's just hit a million. Trevor Wallace just hit a million subscribers. Uh Eddie Burback's at a half a million. AO boys. <laughs> um, like those kind of people have blown up. To give a, a specific piece of, of praise right now, too, yeah. because I, I am so in love with sketch comedy, especially internet like sketch comedy stuff. I really believe that one of the best character actors right now on YouTube is Churdley's. He's so Churdley's. goddamn good. Yeah, he shoots. Oh, you with, just shot a video with him. I just shot a video yeah. with him. He shoots with Trevor Wallace a lot. Yeah. Churdley's is very well trained. He's really smart, and I think what really sets him apart from the other people I've worked with, other YouTubers, is that he is so aware of the sketch as a whole and the material and stuff, and and he is never afraid to be like, "I'll take the backseat on this one." He's the glue that holds so many sketches together. You know, yeah. like he doesn't feel the need to be like, I, I got this killer line, stuff like that. When I was, when I, when I watch like Trevor Wallace's stuff, yeah. it reminds me and I hate, what was the group that Kyle Mooney was in? Oh, uh, Good Neighbor Stuff. Good Neighbor I Stuff. I fucking love those yeah, guys. So dude. like, it reminds me of like, it's definitely got a different feel. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it, it reminds me of that stuff. Um, and, and also <laughs> I think in the moment just... And I, I've never met Trevor Wallace, and mm-hmm. so maybe you could speak to it. Is he, would you think of him as like someone that's like calculated or in the sense of like he's, he feels at times like out there? And I'll base it. Yeah. I remember going to a VidCon and uh, SourceFed was going to go on the main stage, and Kyle Mooney did some like crazy shit to the point. I think they cut his audio and they cut his, yeah, they cut his audio and like, he was done. I think maybe part of the crowd was booing. What? There was something super. I, I, was he doing a character or something or what? I mean, he. I feel, imagine he's always doing a character. Yeah. Was That's, it like that weird kind of guy with the I voice? Gotta, like we gotta, that we gotta see if we can find uh, the footage and yeah. look at it later. But like, <laughs> it just ends. And there was part of me that was like, one immediately horrified because I was because uh, my source fed crew was gonna have to follow that up. <laughs> but luckily they were yeah. hyper talented and they kind of like saved that younger crowd that wasn't ready for what Mooney just yeah. fucking did. Uh, and then uh, and then just like going like, oh, that's a dude that commits. Yeah, because that that's when, when you talk about things that I really admire, obviously, like funny is funny uh, or like to me, like what, what if something's funny, but the commitment. Yeah, because that seems like the hardest thing because I if I'm doing a bit, I crack in like a second. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, uh, but wait, so. Oh, you were asking me about Trevor, how, how uh, yeah. like meticulous he is. This is the problem. I, I, I ask a question and then I follow it up with 60 seconds of something that doesn't help you answer. <laughs> well, conversely, I think my problem is I, I answer your question and then I have 20 minutes of, uh, oh, but done this. And then, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I've only very recently face to face been doing a lot of work with Trevor. I kept hitting him across the road, you know, like he'd be at the last mm. Boston, I'd be there a week later, stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, Trevor strikes me as a guy who is really like got his, he's very paced out right now where he's just like, I've got my routine going on like this. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I got it, dude. Uh, Dude, did I get it? Did you see that? uh, Did I get it? That's the intro. Dude, (laughs) where's this bad boy? Uh, Fuck you, fly. I would love if it was actually still in your hand. Dude, I, it probably is. I'm washing with hand soap. Who fuck knows what's up there? <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Check it out. Roll that back. 
What were you talking Jamie, about? Jamie, pull that up. <laughs> oh, wait, I was going to say. Yeah. So out of his stuff, I, I feel like anytime when you were, when Eddie was on, I was like praising all his friends. Now you're on, I'm praising uh, his, your friends. Mm -hmm. uh, Trevor, I think was one of the first people on TikTok that I saw that I was like, oh, there's like good original content here. Yeah. Um, and when you talk about the, the rise of sketch comedy, I wonder how much of that is going to stem from kind of like how much just random growth TikTok's uh, whole system has been like throwing people. Yeah, dude, it's uh, nuts. And people, people are blowing like, up. But then people properly moving that audience so that mm -hmm. it's not just one place, which has also been a wild thing of like people even being of like, you say business mind, but at this point it's just common sense. You're just yeah. like, at any point, anything could be Vine. And so let's be everywhere. That's but the thing. Yeah, dude, people are blowing up on TikTok. I can't, I'm not doing it. Why? I'm not doing it. I can't do it. Is it the age thing? It's the, I just think public image wise, like that is something that I just, I, there is such good your, original your, content. Your stuff is like a, a number of your things are built for it. Oh, I totally get that. Like even the shit I'm putting up on Twitter, it's like that probably would have done well on TikTok. Here's what you do. Cause it sounds like you're like, I can't justify things to myself. Justify it to yourself by going, someone's just going to rip my shit and throw it up there. That, I might as well benefit from it myself. Yeah. But at this point it's like. I, I care less about that. I was really vocal about people ripping my shit a lot was I was mm -hmm. really growing, especially as I was just like, guys, I don't have something going on here, you know? And if it's like, maybe I got 50,000 subscribers and someone steals a video of mine, it's got 10 million views. Fuck that. You know, I don't, I guess I'm not as caring if people do that anymore, but I just, I don't know. I just can't do TikTok. I just, I think I just don't agree with it. Plus, isn't it like owned by like the Chinese government or something? They too? talk about all these ways that it's separate, but yeah, yeah I mean, if, if I, no. if I, if I finally created a, an account that had my my name on it i would i would it would have to be like a specific phone that does not use anything just because i have that level of distrust here's here's the only thing for you folks at home if you see me go on tiktok i will make it blatantly clear before and after that i'm only doing it because tiktok approached me to make content and i just highballed the shit out of them and they somehow agreed to it and i'm going to do it half-assed until i don't have to Wow, I, I won't even. Do I think it, it won't even get to. I feel that like point. they're past that point because I, I I heard that a number of people got paid. They oh, were, dude, they, they never approached my old ass. <laughs> I I I talked to a number of people that did short term yeah. stints on there, and they were paying nutso money. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like even still though too, I still would feel scummy taking that money. I joke about it now, where it's just like I'm gonna highball you and stuff too. But I just I just can't do it like image wise and stuff. I mean, most of it, the people on there are like preteen kids dancing around and shit, you know. But I think you just have to think of it as the way that I, the way that I, <laughs> I've been like slowly talking myself into trying to figure out a way to get news <laughs> or do news on it, yeah. which I would just need to meme it. Yeah. Just uh, like, Hey guys, Hong Kong protests, <laughs> all time new high. <laughs> Dude, but people like young kids are doing news content, obviously like. You're not like, it's not super in depth. Some people are yeah. doing fucking crazy, like history lessons and doing yeah. it in a really fun way, which I appreciate how, how the content has changed to just like people doing like whatever the fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, but you know what though, is I, I, so I don't feel like I need to, or really want to open myself up to that audience in general. Like oh. if they find me, they find me. That's great. But I am so happy with the audience that I have right now. Like the people that watch me. I, I virtually never have any problems with people being really overbearing, people being super harassing. It absolutely happens. But, you know, at this point, it, you're just gonna, it's going to happen. You know, I'm almost at 2 million subs. There's going to be people that try to start shit sometimes. But like... Start shit, what do you mean? Just start shit as in like uh, uh, 
people that are really harassing you online and stuff like oh. that, or people that like, I've, I've had a couple like security issues, both like personal address wise and like live show wise, yeah. that stuff is inevitable at some point. Um, but, but still, despite all that, I know other people that, uh, like other friends of ours that might stray towards a, a younger audience, maybe a more TikTok-y, Instagram-y comedy audience. Mm -hmm. And I hear about the problems that they constantly have to deal with in terms of like doxing stuff, um, live shows. So it's more prevalent it's, if it's the audience is younger. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Especially with that disconnect of like, you know, we are faces and we're public personalities. But again, it's like, I'm a kid in my room. And there's that added connection of people feeling like, I can just, you know, I can dox his address. So like people that just don't have social awareness because Absolutely. they're so young. That's and it's and and I huh. see I see my friends and 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 just other like colleagues having to deal with that so much. And I look at like what I'm doing and what Eddie's doing and stuff and just collectively we have some of the most mature but also immature as in like funny meme shit humor but like I'm not going to fuck your shit up mature stuff. I like who I have right now and I don't feel like I need to go like, yo, TikTok tweens, let's get out of here. You know, <laughs> the one benefit I see is like when I because I, I, I relate like the the hyper growth that you're seeing on TikTok to. I mean, it wasn't really the, the case when I started on YouTube, but the the stickiness, like think of yourself as big tobacco. Yeah. You want to hook them young. Yeah. <laughs> so they stay with you and they yeah. go to shows in seven years. But I also see that I, I see time and time again too like if if that's your model uh and and yeah you know of course i believe i have the staying power for maybe a two to five to ten years at least creatively what i'm mm -hmm. trying to do you know but i see two people that that blow up on these new platforms and and stray towards a much younger audience that that audience has a tend to really dip off severely after a couple of years too so yeah. I, everything that i'm doing and, and again this is going to make me sound hypocritical everything that i'm doing consciously for staying power is like, I'm thinking of the big game. I'm not going for like short-term game stuff. Like I'm not taking a Raid Shadow Legends. How ad. fucking dare you? <laughs> well, did you do one? I think it might've been the PDS sponsor today. <laughs> is it really? It's a fun game I like to play on the toilet. There you go. How dare you? To that I say. <laughs> you know what I mean though? It's like, I'm going for the slow burn stuff. Like yeah. I don't, I don't feel incentivized to be like, I gotta hop on TikTok. You know, I gotta do this shit. Sure. So that's kind of like where my head's at with a lot of these things. That seems like a healthy place. It's healthy and unhealthy. I'm still tripping over DiGiorno's crust every morning. So <laughs> I cannot stress just D enough. Just, how yeah. I was like, stop hitting on <laughs> you living in a mess. Today we need two pauses. Yeah. Uh, technically we need three oh, God damn it. Is it really? <laughs> oh, no! cut, that, cut that out then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, you, I was you like, can mix that. I, mean, it, I don't care, but it's probably it, for your show format. Is it even better? Is it even better if <laughs> that's what played? Yeah. Hey, I hope you're still enjoying the podcast. Uh, our next sponsor is actually, some say, I don't know if it's true, a uh, favorite of Gus Johnson, Raid Shadow Legends. Raid Shadow Legends is a collection RPG game that is fantastic and free to play. And also something new for 2020, you can now play Raid both on mobile and desktop, meaning you can play as the same user and just switch between devices whenever you want. You've got more than 400 champions to collect and personally customize, clan boss fights, arena battles, campaigns, dungeon battles, and more. And my favorite thing about Raid Shadow Legends is the social aspect of it. You can invite your friends, make clans, especially now that it's on mobile and PC. And right now, gamers can claim free champions and more by being Amazon Prime members. Just log in and sign up before February 9th to claim three epic skill tomes and 40 potions. Also, future drops run through April and include the epic champion Bala, Shard, 
cards, XP boost, legendary artifacts, potions, and everything else that you might need. Just go to the description, click my link, and if you're a new player, you'll get 100,000 silver, two clan boss keys, 10 mystery shards, and one free champion, the Adjudicator. So check it out, enjoy, but definitely do not wait because the offer only lasts for 30 days. But with that said, back to the podcast. No, that's funny. Wipe up, boys. <laughs> hey, you don't want fucking 50,000 coins? <laughs> Can I join you on the battlefield? Or <laughs> You know what fucking sucks? So we, have a, so we have a relationship with them, but yeah. we... Uh, what was it? Fuck. I got a I ended up waiting. So we thought we were going to also get a deal with AFK Arena. Oh like, yeah, just put I'm, it on your radar. And I was like, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to I want to actually play it before we get it." Yeah. After like a week, I was like, "Yeah, we can definitely do it." Yeah, yeah. Deal never comes through and I've probably spent like $100 on that fucking Oh my game. god. And I'm that. like, "You got me." Yeah. I was like, "What's what if that's their business model?" Yeah, just nickel and diming influencers. Wait. Did you Do you have a Do you have a ring? What's up? Do you have a one? Oh, I had one, yeah. Did I'm you, not married. Where the hell did it go? I thought you said he had a ring on. Oh, yeah, right here. Pow, pow. Check that out. I was like, what is this? Ring of power, baby. Oh. I'm okay. a big Lord of the I was going to see fan. if I could. Oh, I could. There we go. I uh, I forgot my wedding ring today. You can I, borrow uh, mine if you need. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, just, well, it just, the, okay, so here's the, pro so I, when I take my, when I put pomade in my hair, I have yeah. to take my, this uh, <laughs> is for beautiful bastard. No, but uh, it's so oily, so I have to take my ring off and like, in the show, 50% of the time, I just don't have it on. Mm -hmm. And I'm always horrified people are going to call me out because I've gotten fat since I got married. And it's like the most obvious thing in the world. Like, oh, I don't know really? how to have a conversation with someone because I'm like, is someone thinking that I'm like just really bad at hiding yeah. this? Is that what's <laughs> happening? Dude, I, I put it over my ring finger. I like it. I just put it on there because it fits the best. But I fucked my knuckle up at deer season this last year. I ate shit and, I, and it can't bend all the way. So it's got this big beehive fat spot in the middle now i can't get it over there you're from wisconsin yep oh say so you grew up hunting yeah all the time yeah, yeah. i mean i'm not like a big gun nut at all but my family goes and we'll we'll go deer hunting and uh like we'll harvest our own meat and then use it for the year and that's all i care about i just like doing it i'm not like yeah. some big like bible banging like <laughs> no not, fuck you I'm give not, me I'm my gun after you i don't care what do you uh what do you get out of it because uh, I've, oh I've never, I've never done it. I've had friends that you know they talk about it or they do it every year. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what do you get out of it? It, it is the greatest part of my year. I really oh, treat wow. it as as my reset button. It's it's the beginning of my new year, um, because you have so much time where you uh, are are just alone sitting in a tree stand for hours on end. And I go out of my way to be like no headphones. I'm turning my phone off, and it's just sitting in the woods. And, and the thing is, you look forward to it all year. So when it comes around, it, it seems like the year flew by and it really mm -hmm. is a full like reality check. Like, wow, where was I last year? Like, who was I with? What were the things I was worrying about? What ended up not coming to fruition that I wasted time and headspace on? And it's a good like like cleansing feeling. Also, I'm a, I, I've, I, I'm a huge proponent of, of this, the phrase, uh, what's the point of doing anything if people don't give a shit about it? You know, I was talking to you about video games before the podcast. Sure. It's like, why I can't sink into a video game if I'm going to just change to a new game in a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, with our hunting group right now, we got like 25 guys and it's all friends and family. And and every year we have so many traditions and little games. There's like a, a whole fantasy hunter, like fantasy football <laughs> tiered ranking system for like members in our group that are our group's really? over 50 years old at this point, wow. pretty much. 
So it's like everybody buys into it so 100% and gives a shit about the traditions and like the names and the games and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, every t- every year we get to have this big reset button with these people all alone in the woods. We go, we go by old church fans, you know, like a $200 like Methodist church of, you know, Swanson town or whatever the fuck. Yeah. We'll carve all the seats out, build benches so that we can fit like 30 guys into the back and we'll <laughs> go out on public land and go deer hunting. Wow. I love it. When did you get started with that? Like when I was a kid. Yeah. Our hunting group's been around for like 45, 50 years or so. When was the first time like you actually like, like they're like, okay, I trust you with the gun. Um, Well, I, I've been shooting guns since I was probably 10, I think, or so. And, and even still every time it was always on like uh, a gun range and stuff with my parents. And the thing is too, we're, we're proud as shit. We take safety so seriously Mm -hmm. because they're just, there are people that are just so goddamn unsafe with this stuff. We've we've been together over forty five years. We haven't even had a minor incident at all, you know. Yeah, I don't know. My personal experience has always been like, uh, if my buddies are like super into guns, they're they've always his, like historically been the most safe. Yes. So like that really that's does it. line up. Yeah, that's, that's it. Every Cause I mean, they just like cause it's because it is. I think something that a small number of people super fuck up. Yeah, I do think that. I mean, the only opinion that I have on guns that I feel really strongly about is I think that it, it is ultimately beneficial to have a baseline knowledge of gun safety. Mm. I don't think it's essential, but I do think that it can help if you are if you are exposed to them in a safe environment. But again, I just there I'm there's so much gun control that needs to be done. It's it's fucking outrageous. But I just know in my personal expand experience, on that. If you were the yeah. governor of <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. tell me I need ten minutes uh, ten minute clip of Gus Johnson goes in on gun control. <laughs> Gus is. <laughs> Gus's first public politics, uh, public politics take here. Well, I know you kind of like jokingly said uh, earlier. You're like, ah, oh, there goes my political career. That's that's how I look at all my old videos. I'm just like, well, <laughs> really? I was like, that's a door that's fucking closed. Yeah, I probably Although, got some shit like that too. Depends on how I ran. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I was true. like, with who I am today, nah, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm sure I'd be fine. And I talk openly about that kind of stuff sometimes too. And and I think it resonates a lot with the people that grew up in cultures like that because it is fully too. Like if you grew up in a similar culture like that, you, I think you understand what I'm talking about for the most part. But I totally, I have no problems if somebody hears that and they're like, fuck you, that sounds awful. It's like, I just, you just clearly didn't grow up around that. And I totally understand that. I respect sure. your decision. Gus Johnson, in a year, there's going to be a photo of you big game hunting yeah what, <laughs> like, like naked a on a water buffalo or so what was that the ceo of jimmy john's i was like naked on a dolphin or some shit god i feel like there's yeah there's like some 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 rich dude or rich woman like every three weeks that people are like look yeah and then there's just so many people that it just gets regurgitated and you're like who was it again yeah it's always some trophy hunter i don't know if i agree with trophy hunting we just kill swamp bucks and, and <laughs> make them <laughs> you're like we just kill shitty deer <laughs> that's all we do a deer that it did stuff yeah. like they're real dicks dude the, here's the thing too is I, I absolutely love animals and this is not tied to hunting at all and it mm. certainly sounds more like a joke but deer fucking suck i hate deer really? so much that old, i've heard that from dude, hunters but the, I, the old lie. louis ck bit of like him hating deer like i really resonate with that because deer are really problematic in a lot of ways they're these beautiful disney creatures but like they really do destroy small gardens a lot um, they cause a ton of traffic accidents. And of course I get it. We came into their territory, but they still do be running into cars. They suck at crossing the roads and stuff. You're, Sorry, you're like one it. of the people that cheered when Bambi's mom got shot. You're like, yes, <laughs> one less. Exactly. I didn't, I haven't even seen Bambi actually. I've only seen two Disney animated movies. I saw Hercules and I saw Oliver and Friends. 
That's it? Yeah, and I watched Hercules six months ago. Oliver and Friends? I don't even know what that is. It's some dumb cat. Oh, I saw the Aristocats too. I've seen every cat themed <laughs> Disney animated movie. This is what this is my the line I've drawn in the sand. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm gonna do. I just missed out on it. What I mean, we've kind of talked about like uh content on YouTube that we like, stuff like that. What kind of stuff do you not like? Because, you know, as yeah. as you've grown and you're you kind of end up being to a certain degree as as everyone kind of grows, uh a mouthpiece, uh, uh representative of the community in a in a certain way. What kind of stuff do you hate to see or dislike? I, Hates a strong word. I really, I, I really dislike just blatant abuse of a platform, especially when children are involved and stuff. I think mm-hmm. of like the Jake Paul guava juice, like loot box gambling shit, like where it's like we're still thinking this is a good idea. What was that like a year ago? Come on, dude. Um, I, I don't like that. And at this point, you know, it's the H threes and the IDubs of the world and stuff have already beyond covered and and gone over obviously like big prank channels and stuff like mm-hmm. that or or like gold digger stuff and just these really polished <laughs> sure like and at this point it's like it's not even like new or or exciting to to be like wow look at that fuck that but it's just it's you're, just, you're so numb to it you know like I, I'm sick of going on the trending tab and it's just like all these rich boys like we're announcing our pregnancy date the Ace family ah, you know and they're just like all right that's <laughs> Cool. I get yeah, I get hit up almost like almost every day to be like, these family did this, and I was like, oh, you want me to make them more popular? Yeah, <laughs> it was like because because apparently shit they've done. Yeah, just what, skates. What are you the most sick of people asking you to uh, cover? Or I guess not sick of necessarily, but what do you see the most? Where you're just like, I don't know if I'm going to cover that. If it's a YouTube story that there's no, there's no way I can add a meaningful angle. Like talking mm-hmm. about, I think like the Onisians of the world. Talking about the the gambling scandals talk talking mm-hmm. about things that might have legal ramifications or deeply affect the website and it's like someone was mean in a relationship yeah. or, and like or or i don't know there's just if if there's like weight to it or there's because I'm, I'm just not there just has to be like that extra thing of like there's a reason we're having this this mm-hmm. conversation i don't always hit it 100 percent of the time because sometimes Especially when you're doing everything so fast, I can I can have whatever size team I can have, but doing kind of like the quick turnaround piece mm-hmm. that'd be hard. So like if if someone <laughs> if let's say you and Sabrina broke up, mm-hmm. right, and someone was like, "Yo," and maybe she says like you were like kind of a dick, or like like she puts some medium post out, like unless there was a legal thing, yeah, I wouldn't. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, like I just I don't know. But I think that's also. A lot of this is evolution over the past few years because definitely name value scandal of some sort, it adds views. But I think it's just, I'm at a point where let's say the show died and mm-hmm. went away. I'd feel comfortable with that. Right. <laughs> like I've made, I would have made peace with that. And yeah. so I think that's why I've also tried to lean into more of like, this is a big international story that we need to talk about. This is a big domestic story that we need to talk mm-hmm. about. I might not be able to change anyone's minds, but just hopefully there are enough people that can pay attention and go like, okay. I think I have an understanding of what's happening. That's kind of what I aim for. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's really interesting. I stick through the whole episode. I, mean, I told you before. I watched but that the said, show for also, years, but... like, so a thing that I'll probably talk about yeah. this week if I haven't. I'm thinking this is Wednesday. On Friday. Oh, shit. It's Wednesday? Well, <laughs> no, it's Friday, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, when, don't when do that to me. Up, I, this goes up. I already don't have any structure. <laughs> so it's like Whew. two days from when this podcast is going up, yeah. there's going to be the uh, a Nissan Gib Jake Paul fight. I'll maybe oh, talk yeah. about. So, like, that. It's a merging of mediums. It's uh, this weird thing that like in the past, whenever you talked about kind of like celebrities boxing, it was this weird freak show that maybe like 
very low dollars we're involving. But mm -hmm. as everyone is slowly getting pushed to the same kind of level, whether they went through the mainstream route or whether they just kind of bubbled up on YouTube or any, yeah. any social platform, that's that's industry changing. So like I would justify that. What are your thoughts on? Mm -hmm. Oh wait. Well, I was going to say, I believe I said this when you were a guest on our podcast, mm. and this is just that I got to kiss your ass for a second here. Perfect. Is, is <laughs> I've, I've told you, I've consistently appreciated over the years how you have gone out of your way to highlight people that come from a less traditional, more online based entertainment mm. system and, and said like, look, like, look at what's going on. Look, Troy Sivan's got a hit album. Look, this Logan Paul fight, you may hate him, but this is really great for getting eyes on the platform and yeah. stuff. I think that's really important. And I think it helps to legitimize this kind of melding of old and new that's happening in the last like 10 years now is we're like oh shit what's yeah. the middle ground for this so but it is i will say there is one part of that story that i'm like ah, it <laughs> it's a little like ah, i don't like like it is just knowing that yeah. a number because i when i look at logan paul like he doesn't bother me as much i've talked about this with i think both of you on the, the last so. podcast yeah, yeah. and definitely with eddie logan paul doesn't bother me i've was a fan before his scandals right. uh, of like just what he was doing and like the scale that it was happening and just mm -hmm. not fully the reckless nature of a lot of it. But yeah. then seeing how he's evolved, I think also over the past 10 years, I've seen a number of reasons to be like, okay, I can't just like if someone's shown any glimmer of change, I can't just like dismiss it. Mm -hmm. Do you but think he has been or sorry? Logan, fully Logan yeah, off. no, Logan. Yes, that could be just him doing a great job of bullshitting. Yeah, right. I always have to kind of keep that little asterisk there, that little that little bit. But uh, and yeah, I mean, but also if he if he's like super, like if you said he's super egotistical, yes, probably a thousand percent. Right? Is he calculating? Probably a thousand percent. I know that when Eddie was on, he was like, sometimes he says shit. I'm like, that's really funny, and I hate myself for liking it. Mm -hmm. But with Jake Paul, it's so I don't. If, you, if Shane Dawson can do like a forgive this person docuseries on someone yeah. and then they just like throw it away almost immediately. I think that was a yeah. bummer. <laughs> <laughs> that he did that? Yeah. Well, I, I wish you that he would have been a lot more holding Jake accountable for stuff. Well, and I think he, he tried to like mention some of the points that Nerd City made yeah. regarding like what he was doing with kids. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I don't know. But that dude, like... I think he That dude's got to be crazy loaded. He, like he has... I was like... I'll say allegedly, even though I know things. Yeah. Allegedly. Like he has like, there's certain people that I think that dislike him that are benefiting him because they're like using companies that he has mm -hmm. equity in. Right. Shit Oof. like that. Like companies that I'm like, oh, I, I would have worked with you, but n I know that. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know. I So that's the weird thing is like, I want to see it. I hate the idea that I'm going to buy something, even with the hope of seeing this dude get like yeah. his <laughs> nose busted again, but it's going to benefit him. Is it on DAZN? DAZN. Good, because I forgot to cancel mine after that. <laughs> that was, I think that they were like, they're like, you can't. I know. Can't. I did it immediately, like just right on Apple. I was like, nope, fuck this. I should have done it because now every month I'm getting billed and it's like 20 bucks a month. And also like I got the shittiest spam emails after I signed up for DAZN <laughs> to watch that stupid fucking fight. God damn it. They played yeah. me. So kind of one of the things I always like to try and get from someone is like uh have you is there has there been like a standout piece of advice that you've gotten that helped you your work anything like that i think the best advice that i have gotten and it's what i try to either give other people or preface before i give other advice of mine is uh especially when i was uh trying to pick out college and what to do after high school and stuff i had a family member come up to me and said listen the biggest thing is you're going to be in a period of your life right now where you're going to get more 
solicited and unsolicited advice than perhaps any other time in your life. People are going to share like, I went to college here. You should do this. You should enroll in that. Why don't you sign up for that? And the biggest piece of advice that I got was know how to pick through the advice and understand the source and the intent behind the advice. And I've tried to use that decision-making process as I ask like family, loved ones and stuff, Mm -hmm. just like, what do you think I should do in this situation? Or if they even come up to me and they're just like, hey, I think you should do this. As my, my head immediately goes to, why are they saying this? And what is their intent behind this? As opposed to just the substance of what they're saying. I like that. I like that. I think that's a good note to go out on. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Gus, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, this is uh, great. Thank you for killing that fly, man. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I feel 10 pounds lighter from my emotional baggage. <laughs> uh, 